Welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alexander, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we're trying to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us calls, 499-9526. All of our lines are wide open at this time. That's right. Right now is the perfect time to call, too. You can get your questions in, get an in-depth answer to whatever question you got. That's right. Of course, the person who calls from the furthest distance, uh, if you will give our producer your name and address, we'll get you an Agco t-shirt. That's right. And we've Get it in the mail Monday morning. That's right. USPS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well use them while they're still around. Before <laughs> they go bankrupt. There you go. Go ahead and give us a call. We're glad to try to help you out and point you in the right direction. If you don't get a chance, call in. Something occurred to you during the week. That's right. You can always visit our website. Get your questions answered that way. That's right. There's a contact bar on every page. You can send Lewis an email any time of the day or night, and he'll get it back to you within 24 hours. Using the form on the site. Mm-hmm. The address for that site is agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Right. Easy way to remember that is take the acronym Altazan's Garage Company. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot of other interesting things you can do on that site. Well, there are just tons and tons of things on the site. And one of the most, I guess, interesting things or most informative things is the detailed topic section. And put one on there this morning, which is the first of three in a row. Okay. The article got too big to put one week, the, huh? The topic was so large that I just couldn't bring it into one week's worth of information. It's right. too much information there. So it's all about air conditioning. And that's sort of a timely topic with all the problems. What I tried to do is on the first segment, it's going to give you some real simple things you can check yourself. Okay. Thermometer in the dash, what temperature should it be at what speed, that sort of thing. Uh-huh. Is the compressor clutch turning and what to do if it is not? Nurse, it goes into the electrical side of the air conditioning system. Okay. How to check the relay, how to check the fuse, that sort of thing. Next week, it'll be more into refrigerant side and using gauges, using refrigerant gauges. And I know that's a little over the head of a lot of folks, but there's also a lot of people out there who do have refrigerant gauges or maybe you're going to get a set. Right. Could benefit from that information. Could very well benefit from that. And it tells you why you should never use one of those charge cans with a single gauge on it. Because Correct. you're not getting the whole story and you can do an extreme amount of damage to your air conditioning using those. Oh, yeah. With, with systems less than one pound now of refrigerant in them, you put more than more yeah. than what it calls for, you've overcharged the we system. We did a Saturn the other day that held nine ounces is the full charge. That's now, it. one can of refrigerant is 12 ounces. So if you add one can of refrigerant, you vastly overcharged the sure. system, particularly start, if it wasn't empty to start with. <laughs> that's it. You start blowing seals out and everything well, else. Well, you can blow the compressor up, and you can ruin the evaporator core because the excessive pressure can actually open the folds on that core, uh-huh. and that involves taking the entire dash out of the car to repair. We had a car come in earlier this week with a variable displacement compressor, and just the compressor, the part, was $2,650. How about that? Yeah. So that's the you want to damage. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you so want to make sure that part stays working just like it's exactly supposed to. exactly right. And it just doesn't take that much. And it doesn't take that much to damage it. The third part will be on actual repairs to the system, how to change out components, things to look for when you go into that. Uh-huh. And it's geared more towards people who do some work themselves. So that's the three segments over the next three weeks on air conditioning. I think folks will really like it. And of course, there's just tons of other information on that site. There's oh, there a is. question section with well over a thousand questions and they've already been answered. Right. Short to the point question. Correct. And there's a glossary of automotive terms. Somebody rattles off some terms. You don't know what they mean. You can always go look them up there. Something like TPS. What's, right. what's a TPS? <laughs> <laughs> well, look on the site you can find out. There you go. <laughs> what's a wallet flush? 
I like that one. That's right. Swaptronics. Swaptronics. <laughs> <laughs> All kinds of words and terms that are used in there, and you can go in there, and if there's something that you want to know that's not in there, you send me an email, and I'll add it. Sure. Or I'm, that way you can help other people out. There's so much information there. It's all free. It's all unbiased That's information. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it's a great resource for the do-it-yourselfer. It is, and also for people who just want to understand a little more. Sure. I know I get a lot of folks in the shop, particularly single moms and such as that, where their money is really tight. And you'd be amazed how many of them tell me, yeah, this is the show every week. I don't uh-huh. ever intend to work on a car, but I just want to know, because this is a sizable part of my budget, I just want to know more about it. Right. And so we get quite a few female listeners. And if you ever notice, almost every week we'll get two or three calls. Correct. And a lot of them that come in the shop will tell me, well, I don't call because I just don't know what to ask, but I like to listen and get information. So, Well, sure. That way you know what you're going after. When you buy an automobile, mm-hmm. that's one of the third biggest or fourth biggest things that right. you're going to buy in your lifetime. That's right. And the longer you can keep it going, the cheaper it is to have it. Well, and the price is just escalating every day average car now is probably in the neighborhood of thirty thousand dollars correct anything with any features all probably 40 and if you want something nice you probably up to 50 to 55 maybe sixty thousand dollars for a car sure which is a sizable investment and you figure you know you're gonna have to stretch a payment out six seven eight years many times you're still gonna be paying on this car after you have a hundred thousand miles on it sure so you better be darn sure that it can make it that long <laughs> yeah yeah because that that's one of the the worst things you have to do is do a major repair, and you're still right. telling no. You'll you get upside down really, really quick. Really quick. So www.agcoauto.com. I think you'll really like it. Pop on there, see what you think. And we're going to our phone lines, Harish. Good morning, Harish. Yes, sir, Mr. Alexander. How y'all? Doing Good great, morning. sir. A friend of mine got an old 92 Lincoln. Okay. And he's attempting to repair the airbag system because the light is on Okay, now you're talking about the airbags as in the come out of the steering column when you get in a wreck or the airbags on the back no. of the car that lift the car? The airbags in the back of the okay, car. Yes, okay, yes. Air suspension. Air suspension, okay. Correct. Right. Okay. I told him to go and get all the parts and, you know, go with factors. Well, that is certainly best. Now, is this a town car or is this a Lincoln Continental? No, it's a Lincoln town car. Okay. There's only two car. bags back there. Arish, right. And they're not terribly expensive. I want to say they're in the $300 a piece range. Now, right, there's right. A lots of aftermarket parts on the market, but I don't, don't like them. Aftermarket. Yeah, I don't use them, man. They're pretty much bad news. A lot of them are Chinese knockoffs. Some of them, right. who knows, counterfeit, whatever. I just don't like using the aftermarket stuff. I've had okay. people bring cars in that had that on, and they still can't get it working. It's they bring it to me, and we check it. Brand new parts are not working. We get that all the time. Folks will come over with the cars squatting on the ground and say, well, I know it's not the bag. I know it's not the pump because I already changed those. Right. And they've blown five, six hundred, seven $700 on junk, and we still got to put the original stuff on there. Right. Now, to go ahead, let's say if you were to do the work right. Yes, sir. Do you think it would cost uh, over $1,500? It may. It may not. depends on what's wrong. Harish, there's hardly any labor on that job. So he's not going to yes. save very much doing it himself. The you know, labor to change both the rear bags is less than an hour. The labor to change the pump is less than an hour. So there's not a lot of labor involved. It's mostly just expensive components. And the most important thing is you have to be able to test and know what is bad. Because if you just start throwing parts at it, man, you run out of money real quick. Right, right. Whereas we can hook up a scan tool to it. We've got the forward tooling. We can actually operate the system. We can test it. We've got the pressure gauges. We can see what is actually wrong. Because right now... Mm-hmm. 
the light is still on. And see, what he did was he put in some cheap aftermarket. Yeah. And it's still not running right. So I told him you're going to have to go back to Saxon. Yeah. I'm trying to get him to come to your shop. Well, see, if the light is on... It's an electrical problem. Right. It's not going to be something with the bags or all that. All it's something electrical because right. it can't really see the bags okay. to turn on that light. So when the light is on, you got an electrical issue, which was probably brought on by an air issue. You could have had a bag that was leaking continuously and it ended up burning the pump up or burning the relay up, which will kick the light on. Okay. All righty? All right. Okay, Harish. All right, thanks. Thanks, man. Yes, Bye-bye. Sir. I four nine 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 five two six a number. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we would love to have you. And we got Phil online. Good morning, Phil. Good morning. Uh, really enjoying the show. Thanks, sir. We're having an 05 Avalanche. Okay. And the check engine light just recently came on. And uh-huh. we noticed driving down the road when you set the cruise, just tra- traveling down a low road. Yes, sir. It'll go up and down two or three miles per hour. Mm-hmm. And with the cruise off, if I hold the uh, accelerator at, say, 55, I see it, the, the, the truck won't change speeds, but I noticed the speedometer moving two or three miles an hour up or down. It's real strange. Yeah, that could be multiple problems, Phil. I mean, it's possible one thing could cause all of that, but it could also be multiple problems. The vehicle speed sensor is what runs the speedometer, and that is a little sensor on the side of the transmission. Fairly inexpensive. They do go out a good bit, but I wouldn't just go change it without testing it first. The check engine light, most of the time on that vehicle, is going to be one of about two or three things. The most common thing we see is the evaporative vent solenoid on the gas tank in the back. That is just absolutely, there's not a day that goes by we don't change at least one of those. I think we've changed just about everyone in Baton Rouge. Yeah, we changed a lot of them. I've put three on my truck. Yeah. And it's an 06. Yeah, they're just a real, real bad part, and even the new part is not real good. Fortunately, it has a year's warranty, but we'll probably swap it out again under warranty one time. That's number one. Number two, the oxygen sensors do give a little bit of trouble, but not nearly to the degree of the other. On the speedometer, one other thing it could be, it could be the early stages of the instrument cluster going out because, again, that's a chronic issue on that truck. Now, how many miles do you have on it? About 115. Yeah, okay. yeah usually when they go warranty. out. See, they actually recalled those, but only up to 70,000 miles. I've heard you talk about that. On, yeah, on well, the reason they did that is because they usually go out around 80. <laughs> so right. they recalled okay. up to 70. That could be, particularly if the vehicle is not actually changing speed, the speedometer is jumping a little bit. Right. I would kind of keep an eye. I get the check engine light checked and repaired regardless. If the speedometer corrects after that, hey, you know, God bless you, you're home free. If the speedometer continues to do it or gets worse, most likely you're going to be into the speedometer cluster going out. And what will happen is... Sooner or later, you're going 40 miles an hour, it'll click over to 100. And then the tack will start acting up. The temperature gauge may start acting up. Fortunately, we can rebuild those in-house for you. And it's fairly inexpensive relative to what a new cluster would have cost. So, yeah, I just get it in. Let's check the check engine light, see what that is first. There is an off chance it could be something like a speed sensor going out, and that's checking, kicking the check engine light and making the problem happen and making the crews do that. But it could also be three separate issues. We just have to check it and see. I appreciate your help. Okay, Phil. Thanks, man. All right, 499-9526, number. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we've got time for a few more calls for a break. we got Kelly online. Good morning, Kelly. Hey, Lewis. Hey, man. I know I've heard you talk about this on the radio, and I just didn't pay attention. Okay. I got 06 Dodge Ram 1500. Mm-hmm. The tachometer, it either 
stays at 5,000 RPMs or it wraps all the way around to where I'm doing probably 14,000 RPMs. <laughs> yeah, we have seen, Kelly, a lot of problems with the dash clusters on those with bad solder joints. What okay. what we do a lot of times is just take them out, resolder all the joints on it, put it back in, and it starts to work again because it's fairly expensive for that board. Chrysler's a little different from GM. They don't sell an instrument cluster per se. They sell parts. But that main board is pretty pricey. So we generally try taking them out, resoldering the joints on it, putting it back in, and that fixes it a lot of time, about an hour and a half's labor, so it's not a huge deal. But that's usually the problem with that. Now, there is a possibility that it could be the sensor that's actually firing it, but most of the time, you know, if that's the case, you'd have a check engine light and it'd be running bad also. Okay, no, I don't have a check engine light on. Right, most likely going to be in the instrument cluster. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought I'd heard mm-hmm. uh, just from listening to other people call in. I just, like, shame on me. I didn't pay attention <laughs> on that one. There you go. All right, thank you, Lou. All right, Kelly, thanks, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526. number of you want to be part of the automotive hour, we're going to take a quick little break. Christy, JW, hang on. you got to be straight up after the break. Travel my way, take the highway, that's the best. I get your kicks on Route 66. There are reports of alien aircraft landing across the nation. For more, we go to field reporter Jack McClin. Dave, the alien ship has malfunctioned, and they're actually communicating with General Toms via intergalactic code. I see. Your ship is broken down. Do you want to be taken to our leader, the president? Oh, to Agco Automotive, the leader in car maintenance and repair, where they don't just work on cars, they fix them. Sir, he's correct. You can trust the honest, knowledgeable team at Agco to do the job right. Sergeant, it looks like we're dealing with some highly evolved life forms. Dave, I'll sign off for now, but it seems that across the universe, everyone knows that Agco is the place to go. And if you want to learn more, go to agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Wait, there's another question. What is it, General? Well, they heard Demi Moore's back on the market and won her phone number. Like you said, a highly evolved life form. Hey, welcome back. Just join us the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvesan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call? It's 499-9526. And we've got Christy has been patiently holding. Good morning, Christy. Good morning. How are y'all? Doing, Doing great, great, ma'am. I have a 2006 Pontiac Torrance. Mm-hmm. Bless my heart. And the... um. The defrost and heater, not that I need it now in this 90 degree uh-huh. weather. Yes, ma'am. But it has started blowing cold air. Okay. I Googled it uh-huh. and it said there's a plastic, now you'll know these words, I don't. Yes, ma'am. Plastic screw rod that works a blender door. Blend door, yes, ma'am. It's probably has broken. That is possible, um, yes, ma'am. And it said that it's like 1200 to fix it. It's a good it's, bit because you have to remove basically the whole dash, Christy, which is very labor intensive. Okay. Is there anything else before that that I could check? Well, I would certainly get it professionally diagnosed because while that is one thing that can cause it, there are uh, several others. Okay. You know, the actuator that operates that can go out also, which would do exactly the same thing, much less expensive to repair. Okay. The 
control head can not give the proper signal to the actuator, again, much less expensive to repair. It could have a wire that's off. It could have a burned connection. So while that is one common thing that causes the problem, it's certainly not what is necessarily wrong with your car. So the first thing is to go ahead and pay someone to do a proper diagnosis so you know for sure that is the problem. Okay. And then at that point, go ahead and get a repair. Now, there may be a way if you are willing to accept some inconvenience to do that less expensively. Like, for instance, they may be able to bypass it with some other kind of a device, you know, hook a device of some sort where you can manually move it to defrost and all Okay. for a lower amount of money. I don't know for sure. I just have to see how that systems work. But I know we've run across cars where it was some obscene amount of money to properly repair it. And the customer says, hey, look, if you can just put a little switch right here and I can turn it on and off, I'm happy with that. You know, I'd rather have a $1,200 than, than this automatic temperature device. <laughs> exactly. So sometimes there are things like that that can be done. It just, it, everything hinges, Christy, on getting a proper diagnosis. Couldn't tell you how many times folks will go on the internet, they'll find something, oh, that's it. And then they'll go and get somebody to do that and then they'll spend a whole bunch of money and find out, well, that wasn't really it. <laughs> It was well, actually, the yeah, it was actually this fuse blown over here, but now we pull yeah. a dash out. So that, that's really the worst thing you want to do is go request a service like yeah. that. Yeah, it, it never well, hurts to look on the net and just right. kind of get an idea, but you got to kind of most of the time that's worst case scenario. Also, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I did it, and then when I that way, I wouldn't have been shocked when that's they told right. me that. <laughs> well, and it may be that, but again, it may not be. So I would get it professionally checked and see whoever you choose, ask them, what are my other options? Okay. Because sometimes there are ways to rig something. It's not technically the right way to do it, but it's an awful lot ex- less expensive. And many times, times being what they are, that's more desirable than maybe the, what they would call technically the proper way to do it. Okay. Alrighty. I appreciate your help. Thank All right, you ma'am. So Thank yes, you. Ma'am. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526 is the number if you want to report of the automotive hour. And we've got J.W. on the line. Good morning, J.W. Hey, good morning, Lewis. I appreciate you taking my call. Thank you, sir. I know you've never heard this before, but mm-hmm. my son has a Toyota Sienna van, a mm-hmm. pretty late model, I think. Uh-huh. And they drove through some high water oh, the goodness. other day. Yeah. And, and now the, the vehicle won't crank. It mm. won't turn over or anything. I'm just wondering, is there something simple that we can do to Probably check? not, J.W. The, the easiest thing you can do is go and remove the air box. You, uh-huh. you know what that is, what air filter is? Yeah. Take the air filter out and see if the air filter is wet. Okay. If the air filter is wet, the next thing will be to remove some of the spark plugs. The ones in the front are pretty easy to get to. The ones in the back are real bare. Crank it over and see if any water comes out the cylinders. Well, I if, think... Yeah, but I think probably it's not even it's not even turning over anything. Well, it may be hyd- it may be hydrolocked, may have gotten enough water in there to where it locked up. And well, I mean, there's, there's no starter action. In other words, it's it's like you don't have a battery in it or something. Well, and it's possible that something just got wet and it's an electrical issue. What you would have to do, JW, is get a wrench with a socket that fits on that front crankshaft pulley, yeah. and just manually see if the motor turns over. If the motor will physically spin. Okay. Well, now we're into an electrical problem with the starter and all that. But if the motor's locked up, it's going to do exactly the same thing because the starter can't do anything. It's just going to sit there and, and do nothing when you hit the key. Now, if that's the case, uh, I think there is a starter relay on that vehicle, which could have gotten wet, which maybe is not making. If you go on my website and just uh-huh. key in the word starter, uh-huh. there's a two-piece article on how to check starters. 
and it okay. shows you where to check voltage at, some things check. Go in there, read that article, part one and part two, and I absolutely guarantee you're going to find your problem if it's electrical. Okay, good deal. Well, All right. I'll, I'll do that, and I, I do appreciate okay, it. Okay, man. Bye. Good luck. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526. number, if you want to be part of the automotive, I would love to have you. I think we can catch one more call for the break. We've got Diane on the line. Good morning, Diane. Hello, hi. Hey. Okay, this is the problem. 1999. Mm-hmm. Fan, okay? It's the uh, phone. They said it needed a Riken pin. Okay. So we take it to a guy. He takes, and still he put the Riken pin, he said, well, it needed one of those, not the drum, what you call that thing? The uh, round thing that you pump? Call, call that heavy thing. The pump? No, no, no. Okay. On the wheel. He did the driver's a, wheel. A rotor? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we still got this big vibration. So then he said, well, bring it back. We're going to put some brake pads on it. I mean, to me, it looks like he's going all around. Well, yeah. The front. Yeah. Exactly I mean, what he's doing. That's exactly what he's doing. Anytime you go anywhere and they say, let's, let's try, try this and see what happens, you turn around and leave. Because when you're in a proper shop, what he's going to do is, number one, he's going to charge you to check it. So that's a dead giveaway if he's checking but it for free. He's, he's not a shop. Well, he then you're in the wrong us, place, Diane. He charged us $80. Okay. Just well, you just, you just wasted $80. You need to, you need to find somebody. $80. Go find somebody who right. knows what they're doing. The way you can tell somebody knows what they're doing is they charge for their services. People okay, don't work for free. Okay, another thing. What my sister that took her car to him, mm-hmm. they start the car from the battery. Mm-hmm. It might go straight to the tank. Is that real? <laughs> Who knows? I'll tell you what, Diane. If I were you, I would probably just leave this guy alone. Go right, find a real saying, shop. With my sister car, with my sister car, or slowed anything. Starting the car from the battery to might go. I never heard of it. But I'm just asking. You. I have no idea. Can they do that? I have no idea. They can do anything. Don't should, make it Should right. you do it? And yeah. <laughs> well. All right. I think we got to take a quick little break, and we'll be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. There are reports of alien aircraft landing across the nation. For more, we go to field reporter Jack McClin. Dave, the alien ship has malfunctioned, and they're actually communicating with General Toms via intergalactic code. <laughs> See, your ship is broken down. Do you want to be taken to our leader, the president? Oh, to Agco Automotive, the leader in car maintenance and repair, where they don't just work on cars, they fix them. Sir, he's correct. You can trust the honest, knowledgeable team at Agco to do the job right. Sergeant, it looks like we're dealing with some highly evolved life forms. Dave, I'll sign off for now, but it seems that across the universe, everyone knows that Agco is the place to go. And if you want to learn more, go to agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O dot com. Wait, there's another question. What is it, General? Well, they heard Demi Moore's back on the market and want her phone number. Like you said, a highly evolved life form. Noise of the river to ride. Don't mind it cause the man with the whiskers has a lot behind it. Hey, welcome back. You just join us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Alzan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive question you might have. Why don't you go give us a call? 499 9526. Of course, that's area code 225, just in case you're outside of our call area. That's right, and you can get your questions answered if you 
out of the area and no. call that extension. <laughs> <laughs> you got a struggle with that, H, buddy. Oh, <laughs> Lost my train of thought there, There man. you go. Golly. You still got train. It's just on the wrong track. That's man. it. I hate when that happens. We were talking just a second ago to the lady, and that scenario, I guess, kind of rings true. I hear that all the time. Yeah, I took it, this to some guy in his backyard, and he... And you always say, well, he didn't charge me anything, except he charged me $1,000. Yeah. <laughs> no, he didn't charge anything a check, and he just charged for $1,000 junk he didn't need. All right. And one way that you can tell you are dealing with a professional is that he is going to charge for his services. All professionals charge for their service because that is how they make a living. Sure. And folks say, well, you're going to charge me to look at it. Well, I don't charge to look at it, but I'm going to tell you what's wrong with it. Yeah. Because that's what I do. Well, that's just like a doctor's office. Well, absolutely. And that is probably the highest skilled, highest equipped person in the shop is the guy who does diagnosis. Sure. The guy who finds the problem. You know, bolting on a bunch of parts after you know what's wrong is not that difficult. A B-Tech or a C-Tech can generally do that. Right. But it's going to take an A-Tech to check this car and tell you what's wrong with it. And folks who do not charge for that service generally do not employ A-Techs, and they don't have the equipment, and they don't have the expertise, and they probably couldn't tell you what was wrong if they did get paid. To do that, it. That's an easy way to find out. Well, it is. If you go somewhere and they offer free diagnosis, you got to got to ask you, why is this free? Exactly. Because nothing is free. I think that everybody on some level realizes that there is absolutely nothing in this world free. Correct. Somebody pays for everything, and guess who it's going to be? Yeah. <laughs> I get very, very, very nervous when I hear the word free. Sure. Generally, anytime I go into a business or if I go on a website and I see the word free, I'm hitting the back button right there. Because I know that somebody's fixing to get taken, and it ain't going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just pay a fair price and get what I got coming. That's right. Now, you know, I had a guy ask me one time. I told him how much it was going to cost to fix the car. He says, well, is that the whole price? I said, yeah, that's the whole price. That's everything. He said, okay, well, I don't want a half job. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay the whole price, but I don't want a half job. Right. I said, well, that's, that's real good. And, you know, I actually like that concept. Go in, pay a fair price, but then expect a good job. Well, of course. Because very, very often folks have gotten so used to getting, I guess, halfway work, halfway service that they almost accept it. You go into a restaurant now, and if the waitress is not too rude to you, and they more or less get most of what you got coming, and the food is edible, you're pretty happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a shame to think that way and have to operate that well, yeah, way. Yeah. And if they just get the order right and the food's pretty good, man, you're delighted. Wow, this place is great. Well, <laughs> they just did what they were supposed to do. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's just kind of a C rating, really. Well, you know? I, I've been to places like that. Yeah. But I mean, even a C rating just really stands out as an A now just because there's such a poor level. They're actually doing their job. Yeah. People actually <laughs> doing their job. Man, he was actually there on time and he actually did his job. Right. We hired some carpenters not too long ago to do an addition on the house. And these guys were great. I would give them an A or maybe yeah. an A plus. But every single day they were there on time. They kept the yard nice and clean. They got the job done when they said it was going to be done. They did not have to come back for a single thing. That's worth you know, I, did, I didn't need a punch list of things I need corrected after they got done with the job because right. it was all done. And it was done right the first time. And even my neighbors were saying, man, where'd you get these guys? <laughs> I said, well, unfortunately, they didn't come from Baton Rouge. They came from out in the country somewhere. But, yeah, you know, well, hey, what it takes. Yeah, and it's just a, a real good group of guys. But, you know, when you see good service like that, it just really, really kind of impresses you because it's getting rarer and rarer oh, it to is. find. It really is. Which is, is very, very unfortunate. 
Yeah, I was perusing around on the Internet this morning, and I got on the Highway Traffic Safety Administration, who are the folks that administer the AALA program, which some folks are not familiar with what that is. Right. But AALA is the American Automobile Labeling Act. And since taxpayers spend several million dollars a year to compile this information, they ought to at least go in and look at it. If you could disregard it, you paid for it. So, But what they try to do is to go in and tell you how much U.S. content is in every car. Okay. And typical government fashion, you can see where they're kind of trying to give the advantage, I guess, to the domestic producers, what they do. Because the domestic producers, GM, Ford, and Chrysler, have a very, very heavy presence in Canada. They group Canada and U.S. the same. They don't break them down. They just say, well, if it's U.S. or Canada, it's considered U.S. (laughs) All right. And Advantage one? Yeah, that's one big advantage because the Jap cars, for the most part, do not have big presence in Canada. They build mostly in the United States or in Japan. And another thing is that if a component is built by a foreign country but is a U.S. manufacturer that owns the company, they consider that a U.S. part. Okay. Even though it was made somewhere else. But it was but US if a Japanese owned. company owns a company foreign, then it's not. It's still considered foreign. So they're trying advantage to give too. they're trying <laughs> to give the advantage. And I and I understand, hey, okay, yeah, they, they kick in billions of dollars to your campaign fund, so you're gonna try to fudge the figure as much as you can. But even in light of all of that, any idea what the most US content of any car made, now this is of all cars sold in the United States, what is the number one US content? On a car. Most people would think Chevrolet, Ford, yeah. or Chrysler. Well, it would only make sense since it's just a U.S. company. Correct. The number one U.S. content is a Toyota Matrix. How about that? Yep. Toyota Matrix, made in, made in the United States. Yeah, 95% U.S. content. Wow. Number, that is awesome. Number two is a Toyota Avalon, 85% U.S. content. So Toyota's got the first two First slots. two on the list. That's right. That's great. You know, you go down this list and you read where stuff is made and the U.S. content. It's the, the list is set up by amount of content, U.S. content. Right. And I hear all the time, well, I want to buy an American, American car. car, domestic car. And we try to do the same thing. We try to buy domestic products when we can. We right. just bought a press and we bought a Dake brand, which you can go to, oh, I don't know, one of these big box stores. Sure. For, and you can buy a hydraulic press, a 25-ton hydraulic press for probably $500. Right. Well, a Dake in China. A Dake is $4,000. There's a big difference in those two Yeah, that's right. Too. That's right. To me, it's worth the difference. To some there. people, it may not be. That's right. When we had to buy an air compressor, we bought a Quincy, which is made in Illinois. Uh-huh. Absolutely flawless piece of equipment. Oh, yeah. It's been sitting out there running for a year and a half now. Right. And it's just almost a joy to see this thing run. It's smooth, you know, just works perfectly. But people endeavoring to buy a U.S. product, many, many times they're just so misled by that. For instance, do you know of all the trucks built? A Toyota Tundra is 70% U.S. content. Really? 70% built in the U.S. Want to guess where Silverado and Sierra are? (laughs) Somewhere around um, 50%? 62%. 62% 62%. U.S. content. That's right. How about a Chevy Suburban? Oh, he's got to be about 60. 60% made in Mexico. (laughs) And that's true of the Avalanche, the Escalade, the Tahoe, the Valley. That body style. Yeah. So you want to get a U.S. product. You're trying to help the U.S. economy. You got to do your homework. Yeah, that's right. Boy. Toyota Tundra. 75%, 
Chevy Suburban, 60%. Wow. The, the Chevy Volt. Oh, that, is, that was the Volt is just save yeah, the world oh, car. Oh, go save the, man, that's going to save the economy. It's yeah. a great electric car. Any idea how much U.S. content? Probably about, well, less than half. 46%. There you go. 46% U.S. content <laughs> the, in a Chevy The great Volt. American hope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, it's sad. It's not really funny. It's sad. It but is. I, it really is I sad. I just thought some people might get a kick out of hearing those figures. But go on the Highway Traffic Safety Administration site and just type in AALA. Yeah. Well, try to find anything that's not made out of North America. Well, and see, a lot of what GM is calling U.S., for instance, they've got a huge plant called GM Shanghai, which builds engines in China. Well, those are called U.S. engines because that's they're right. owned by Chevrolet. Now, you let Toyota build an engine in Japan, that's called a Japanese engine. That's right. <laughs> go figure. Yeah, huh? no kidding. Hey, let's go back down four lines with David. Good morning, David. Hey, good morning, Louis. Uh, David, Honda Passport. Yes, sir. Just want to call and tell you I certainly appreciate the fact that you tried to save me about $600. <laughs> yes, sir. But... We're going to order a computer. Okay. Well, good. Yeah, that's, that's the only way you're ever going to get that idle down on that thing, David. I don't know. I guess that old idle motor, when it went out, ended up burning that computer up. That happens a lot of times. But uh, I don't know anything else you're going to hardly be able to do with it. Well, like I said, I certainly appreciate the fact that you gave me an alternative. I searched on the net, like mm -hmm. you said, mm -hmm. and... Uh, we're going to go with a new one, so yeah. I'll call Elaine and set up an appointment. Well, sounds great. You know, and many, we'll many times we, we try to save people money as best we can. We give them all the options, and many times it does work out, but sometimes you just got to end up biting a bullet. And you know the worst off. You know, it's kind of like I get people sometimes will call me. I'll say, well, you know, this may be under warranty. Why don't you check with the dealer? Well, I don't want to go back over that. Well, just just ask them. I mean, that's all. for it. Yeah, if you don't ask, the answer's always no. <laughs> well, you know, it's like you said, $1,000 versus $35,000. That's right. Well, that's, that's exactly right. Simple math. That's pretty, pretty much the size of it. But anyway, I will be seeing you sometime next week. Okay, David. Appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Take care. Hey, 499-9526 number. If you want to be part of the automotive, I would love to have you. That's one thing I always try to do with folks, and I think most people do appreciate that. I've had some people just say, look, I'm not going back. Uh, uh -huh. Just fix it. I've been back over there three times. They can't fix it. They aggravate the heck out of them. My time's worth more than, than right. what it's going to cost. And and we do that all the time. We had a late model Chevy truck come in, 2008 model Chevy truck. And guy brought it in for a pre-warranty expiration inspection. I think he had 35000 And we found a master cylinder was leaking into the booster. Right. So, you know, to find that, the fluid level was low is how we knew there was a problem. You inspect the outside, you don't see anything. So you take the master, master off the booster and you can see the fluid running out the back and it's all wet. So I told him, I said, look, take the hundred bucks. Oh, yeah. So, okay, fine. So he makes an appointment. He brings it over there. They take a look at it. And they said, it ain't leaking. <laughs> we don't see where it's leaking. We don't leaking. see it leaking. So he calls. He said, well, they said he can't see where it's leaking. I said, well, they got to remove the master and look in the back of it. So he calls them back. Oh, we can't do that. Really? Wait a minute. What do you mean you can't do that? You can't remove the mouse and see it's leaking out the back? Right. I bet if it wasn't under warranty, they could do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they just sold you a brake pedal and a oh, mouse cylinder. And, a and he, in frustration, he finally just went and got his car, brought it to us, and paid us to, to repair it. Uh-huh. Which, like you said before, you've paid for that warranty. That's right. It was included in the price of that vehicle oh, when you bought it. You are you not paid. Getting, 
anything. Well, like we said earlier, there's nothing free. That's right. The price of that warranty is included in the price of the car that you buy. That's bought. right. And they're just hoping you don't have any trouble in that first 36,000 miles. Well, that's right. And out of where they make out on it. Well, that's exactly right because they're going to keep all the money that they appropriated that's right. for you, that. You're not going to get it back. Well, and you know, a lot of people don't realize they think warranty is a service that's provided. Warranty is a service that is sold. Uh-huh. Just like an extended warranty, any other insurance policy, they figure out how much these cars are going to break, what it's going to cost to repair them. They add something to that for administrative time. They add something else for profit, and that's what you get charged. It's that's adding right. the price of your car. So that $42,000 car, probably about 3000 of that was for warranty. There you go. Now, if you don't ever take it back and get anything done, then, they, hey, they, they keep made the three out. Gs. That's right. They <laughs> so made they, out. They're real happy about that. But the point is, if you do need the warranty, you have already paid for that. That's, That's your right. money. You're not getting anything free. It shouldn't be hassling you about this. Had another guy, his catalytic converter was bad, and he was within warranty. Uh-huh. And it's got an eight-year, 80,000-mile EPA-mandated warranty. Well, sent him back over there, and they said, well, we can only change the converter if you change the oxygen sensors. Well, no, wait a minute. So, wait a minute. Ain't nothing wrong with the oxygen sensors. Yeah, but they might go bad. No, 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 no. no, no. no we ain't mighting here. I was going to say. The cat's under warranty. Now, if you're saying you got to change the sensors, then they warranty those too. That's right. But they absolutely flat wood. I don't know. I, he called me two or three times, right. and, and I kept telling him stuff to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know what ever happened. They ever honored it or not, or he ended up just giving in and paying for the sensors. That's and, crazy. Yeah, but you just... If it's a warranty, it's a warranty. That means I've paid for it already. That's right. Hey, we're going to take one more quick little break and be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. Reports of alien aircraft landing across the nation. For reaction from Washington, we go to Kit Moyer. Dave, Congress has been deadlocked for hours on a big decision. No doubt about this alien threat. No doubt. Well, Dave, my sources tell me that the alien ships have malfunctioned, and they want their repairs performed by Agco Automotive. So you're saying for all these years, Agco has been operating as an alien hub, helping in their evil plot to take over the world. No, you said that. I'm saying that these aliens know that inferior repair work can cost you time and money down the road. And taking their vehicle to Agco means it gets fixed right the first time. So if you want to learn more about how Louis Altazan is a servant to an alien overlord, visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O dot com. Dave, you're really trying to boost ratings, aren't you? Uh, sorry. Wait, Dave, Congress is no longer deadlocked, and it looks like it's thin crust and not deep dish. Yes, people, our tax money hard at work. I'm Kit Moyer, signing off. Welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvazan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our lead tech, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Hey, between two of us, trying to answer any automotive questions you might have, you just go ahead and give us a call. 499-9526, air code 225, just in case you happen to be outside the calling area. And, you know, of course, if you're in Baton Rouge, listen to us on WJBO 1150. That's real easy. But if you happen to be outside the calling area, of course, you can hear us on iHeartRadio or iTunes, iTunes Stitcher. Stitcher. Of course, iTunes isn't live, but this afternoon, about 2 o'clock, this program will be available on That's that. right. MP3 listening device. Your listening yes. device. That's right. <laughs> however, that, however that may be. Yep. <laughs> but just tons and tons of options. So we do tend to get folks pretty much from all over the country and really even all over the world right. listening to the show. We get a ton of email. gentleman yesterday emailed from, uh, I think he was up in Chicago. He's having... 
some trouble with a little Honda SI prelude. He wanted right. to know the proper bleeding sequence. For the brakes? Boy, I yeah, tell you what, that's, kinds of stuff. Yeah, that's a little bear to, to bleed out, right? Yeah. So it's just a really, I guess, a, a strange new world here, you know, with all the different options. So if you happen to be listening to us from off somewhere outside of Baton Rouge, go ahead uh-huh. and give us calls, 499-9526, area code 225. And whoever calls from the furthest area out, you give us your address. I'll get you an Agco T-shirt sent to you. And while it's not mandatory, we would like you to take a picture of yourself in front of a local landmark. Send that in to us. We'll put it on our website. There you go. You got a got our own category for that? You, you betcha. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, just uh, one of the fun things we try to do. If you go on that website, there's just tons and tons and tons of things on there. In fact, there's a whole segment called Fun Stuff. Uh-huh. And there's little games you can play that are automotive-related. There's one, uh, so you want to be an auto tech. And it asks you some questions that you can answer uh, relating to being a technician. Uh, let you kind of test your skills and see. Uh, and all that information is actually on the site. That's right. All the answers are on the site. There's another one identify this part. Uh, uh-huh. There's the ever-popular ballpark game where right. if you just want a ballpark price, we heavily, heavily tell people don't do that. Trying to get a ballpark on something when you don't know what's wrong and the guy on the other phone doesn't know what's wrong is absolutely tantamount to disaster. But if you just got to have a ballpark price, there's a ballpark price generator in there. That's it. That's perfect and place to go to get you one. You go in there, you push that button, it's going to give you a ballpark figure. On any, any item you want. Any item in the world. That's it. It doesn't have to be a car thing. <laughs> It'll just answer any question. This thing is so intuitive. And if you just got to have a ballpark figure without knowing what's wrong, that's probably as accurate as any information you'll get anywhere else in. That, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Pop on there and see what you think. Hey, we're going back to our phone lines with Gary. Good morning, Gary. Hello. Good yes, morning. Sir. Good morning. How y'all doing? Doing, doing great, great. Sir. I have an old five Suburban. Okay. It has the auto ride on it. Okay. And it says service to ride control. I took it to a local dealer. Mm-hmm. I don't want to call no names, but wanted $1,000 to change the complete air compressor assembly. Hmm. Well, Gary, that is one possible thing that can go wrong with it. I wouldn't say it's one of the more popular things that goes wrong with it. I have changed some air compressors before. There's also some solenoids in there. There are some lines in there that can get pinched or can rupture. There's two shocks on the back that can go bad. Basically, if you go in and run the codes, it's going to give you an area to start looking. But, for instance, let's say the computer commands the shocks to rise. It enables the pump on, and it starts watching the center in the back. If the car does not rise, it's going to assume the pump is bad because it told it to run, it came on, and the car didn't go up. However, let's say the line is cut. Well, same thing. So if you got somebody who is on flat rate and they're rushing through the job and they go in there and they say, oh, yeah, okay, you got this. the code said change the pump. No, it didn't. It said there wasn't any rise. And the line could be flattened out. It could have laid on the exhaust and got flattened out, and it's not going to rise. It could be a bad solenoid that's not allowing the air to flow through. It could be a busted shock and the air is just running out. That's right. Well, it could be all uh, sorts of things. Here's the thing. The vehicle has never squatted. It hadn't leaned. I'm I'm curious to wonder if there could just be a small air leak. Well, that could that vehicle could be that vehicle is set on springs. That's right. The air ride is an is an add-on system to the suspension. Right. It carries the load. If you load the back of that truck down, right. it brings it back up low. Right. If it starts to squat in the back, then it's going to bring it up but from a load. Yeah. On a normal static ride height, it's not going to do anything. It's just going to sit there. It's got a full set of springs and shocks. I mean, right. it's got a full set of springs, springs on it to support the weight. It's only when the vehicle sags below a certain point. For instance, if you put 
six people in the vehicle and a bunch of luggage in the back. Okay. That's what it would come on. And it, what it does is it comes on and it brings the vehicle back up to level where it would normally ride. Right. It's just sitting on the springs. That's correct. Okay, so it's it's never more than myself, my wife, and my little granddaughter that's in yeah, here. Well, uh-huh. I mean, if you don't want to fix it, it it's not going to do anything but turn that light on because all it does is when the car squats down too much, it picks it back up to ride height, which is kind of a nice feature. And since Suburbans are often used to tow stuff and to haul a bunch of gear around, that's why they put it in there. But it's like we talk about every week, Gary. All this technology, all these gadgets they put on cars have a price. Not only when you buy the car, but when it breaks. You know, somebody's got to pay to fix all that technology. And if it's something you don't ever use, I mean, yeah, you know, you never load in a vehicle, then I don't, I mean, I'd be real hard put to put out one large on something I don't use. Well, the problem, I didn't on springs. I was afraid it was going to go out and start squatting like the old Lincoln. No, 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 no. It doesn't have air suspension. It's got air assist. Basically, it's got two glorified air shocks on the back with a sensor that tells it when it goes down. It turns a pump on and picks it back up. Okay, and I don't hold anything, pull anything, so yeah. I don't need to worry about it. Probably not. And what I'd probably do, Gary, is get it into somebody competent, let them check it, and make sure that is what it is because it's, it's also – possible it's something that could be fixed for a couple hundred bucks and it is a nice feature to have if you don't fix it one thing it is going to do is going to tear up those rear air shocks if they run around with no air in them over a period of time because they got to have a certain amount of air pressure in them or it, they'll pinch the bags and it, it will get well, I just I just heard y'all show on the radio where's your shop located how can I get in touch with someone go to agcoauto.com on the web agcoauto.com man got a map never anywhere in the world we're on Corsi Boulevard but that'll give you all the information you need on us Listen, I appreciate everything. Okay, here. Thank you. Thanks, Carl. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. One of these days, I'm gonna learn which button to push. No, you're not. I only been doing this 22 years. No, you're not. Nah, I probably never will. (laughs) (laughs) I got 60 years old. I don't think I got much time left. (laughs) You don't need to learn that anyway. That's right. That's right. Hey, I think we've squandered another perfectly good hour. That's it. And I want to tell you how much we appreciate everybody listening this this and this hour and every automotive hour. That's right. Saturday mornings. I'd like to thank all our podcasters for listening this week and every week. That's right. Tell your friends and let's get some more people listening. That's right. And the best favor you can do, because Brian and I don't get paid to do this, but if you really want to thank us or pay us back, go on iTunes and subscribe to the show uh-huh. or give us a rating, a written rating. If you're not sure how to do that, go to the website. It'll give you actual instructions with pictures and everything. Great. It'll show you exactly how to give us a rating on iTunes. And that will give up, move us up in the ratings and get a lot more people listening, which is our ultimate goal. That's it. Hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend. Thank you.